Good morning. Good morning. For those of you watching New City Live, grateful to have you joining us as well, wherever you may be tuning in, hopefully from someplace warm today if you're not with us. If you have a copy of the scriptures, I want to invite you to open to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to continue in our journey together as a church through the book of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20 today. Um, I used to love to run as you're turning there. I used to love to run. Um, that was kind of a happy place for me, a place to clear my head. Um, as I get older, I'm, I'm learning to love to, to walk. Is anyone, anyone with me on that? I got walking shoes this weekend, no kidding. I fitted for walking shoes, so I've, I've hit a milestone in my life. Um, and Jen and I love walking together, um, just through our neighborhood. If you live near us, you've probably seen us out um, in Costco. We like walking in Costco, wherever we can be walking together. This past summer, we celebrated 20 years t- um, of, of marriage, and we've been together for, yeah. God bless Jen. Uh, we've been together 25 years, and uh, this last summer we went back to where we fell in love uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, and uh, we, we spent some time there, and we walked. And one of the places we walked was uh, on a path, uh, a trail that uh, we hiked and walked many times uh, when we were younger. And this time when we were kind of at the trailhead, there was an option to buy a bus ticket um, to the top, and we didn't. I was like, you know, Jen, let's, let's walk it, you know, 20 years, let's, let's walk together here. And about half Halfway through, we realized we had bitten off a lot more than we probably could chew, and somehow the trail had gotten a lot steeper uh, in the last 20 years since since we did it. But we did make it to the top. Um, yeah, uh, and, and then the bus came by after we got to the top, uh, and Jen reminded me we could have bought a bus ticket at the bottom, uh, but we didn't. This is sort of a metaphor for our marriage. Like, um, let's, it'll be fine. Just, you know, what's, what's the worst that could happen? What we realized on our, on our travel up the mountain there um, is that it was really steep, and we had forgotten about that. And every step uh, was full of danger. And really, the passage that Paul uh, communicates to the church at Ephesus this week uh, is, is really the uh, metaphor of walking through life and the danger that surrounds us. And the idea is that, uh, you know, walking through this life, I think you would agree with me, uh, walking through this life isn't walking on a greenway. Uh, it really is hiking up a mountain. And the views are spectacular, right? Uh, but there's danger all around. And a misstep in walking through this life could, could really cost you and cost the people who are walking with you. In this passage, if you've turned there, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 15 through 20, Paul uses the metaphor of walking to talk about life. And I just want to read the first verse here to you. He says, be careful then, Ephesians 5.15, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. And maybe that's just that verse right there is why you're here this morning. Paul says, be careful how you live. Be careful how you walk. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Uh, Again, Paul uses the word walk here as a metaphor for for life. And this is the last time, if you're taking notes, this is the last time that Paul uses the verb walk in his letter to the church at Ephesus. And he wants to talk to them about, again, uh, this, this journey through life not being a walk on the greenway, a leisurely stroll, but it really is a climb. And I think you'd agree with that. And the views, again, can be spectacular, but you better be careful where you're placing your foot and where you're walking because there's, there's danger all around. Here's the bottom line truth. If you don't take anything else away from this message, I hope you'll take this. Live carefully 
and not carelessly. Live carefully, not carelessly. Paul wants to talk to us about how we do that. And if you're able, would you stand to your feet and allow me to read the passage to you today. Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 20. This is God's word to you today. Paul says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's word to you today. You can be seated. So Paul's gonna talk to us here and if you're taking notes, there's four things Paul says here about how we can live carefully and not carelessly, about how we can journey up the mountain, uh, taking careful steps and enjoying the views, but also recognizing the danger that abounds all around us. And the first thing he says here in verse 15 is to walk with the wise. If you wanna make careful choices and wise choices in your life, you need to journey with people who are also committed to making careful and wise choices in their life. Uh, I used to say this to our students all the time. I say this to our kids all the time. Show me your friends. Have you heard this? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me the people that you're journeying with, that you're walking up the mountain in life with, and I'll show you where you're going. I had a friend tell me this week, I love this, pay attention to the people that God puts in your life if you want to know the will of God for your life. One of the ways that God reveals himself and his plan and purposes in your life is surrounding you with other wise people who are on a similar journey and are making the same priorities that you are to follow the Lord and seek his will and plan for their life. Dr. Henry Cloud, some of you may be familiar with his work. Uh, Dr. Cloud says there's three types of people as we talk about walking with the wise and making careful choices and not careless choices in life. He says there's three types of people. There's wise people, there's foolish people, and there's evil people. Wise people, foolish people, evil people. And we need a group of wise people to walk through life with, people that are seeking the Lord, that will help us seek the Lord, that are fellow sojourners on this walk through life that's full of danger and trouble. And community, if you're taking notes, may write this down, community helps us to live carefully. Our community helps us to live carefully to see things that maybe we can't see, to say, hey, watch your step right here because I just tripped myself. So you need to be careful to look out for one another. And if you're wondering right now, those three types of people, wise people, foolish people, evil people, just take a a moment right now and think about the people that you're surrounded with in your journey through life. Who are you walking with right now through life? Who are the people that know the things that you're struggling with, your desires, your dreams, where you're going in life? Who are you sharing prayer requests with? Who are you processing life with? Surround yourself with wise people, not foolish people or evil people. Who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Who do you find yourself processing with? Do you have someone to process life with? Paul says it's really important that you walk with 
the wise. Wise people seek the will of the Lord. The psalmist said in the opening words, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the what? Of the wicked. In other words, who are you journeying through life with? And David says right off the bat here in the opening words of the Psalms, don't walk with unwise, foolish, evil people. Fool, so let, me, let me just help categorize if you're wondering, do I have wise people in my life, foolish people in my life? Do I have evil people in my life? Let's, let's think about this journey up the mountain again. Wise people will walk with you and help lead with you up the mountain. Foolish people will lead you off the side of the mountain. They won't mean to. They'll be walking and then they'll just, be tw- and they'll just go right off the mountain. And if you're not paying attention and what, you'll just, they'll just, I'll just go right off the mountain with them. Evil people will push you off the mountain. Wise people will walk with you and lead you up the mountain. Foolish people will lead you off the mountain. They'll just be talking and they'll just step right off the mountain and you'll follow them. Evil people will push you off the mountain. So a lot of people um, think, you know, I've got all these evil people, all these people in my life. The truth is most of you have uh, foolish people in your life. Those who you think are evil really aren't evil, they're foolish. Uh, Hopefully most of you are surrounded with wise people, but the people that we categorize as evil or bad, oftentimes they're just foolish. But there are evil people, make no mistake, because there's an evil one. And people who are not followers of Jesus can embody evil. People who are followers of Jesus can sometimes be influenced by evil. And so we have to be careful about who we're journeying with. A fool needs to be, listen, a fool needs to be corrected. Remember the old song, everybody plays the, everybody plays the fool sometime. And we need wise people around us in community to correct us and to help us to not make foolish decisions, which begins up here in thinking foolishly, instead coming back to what God says. But an evil person you need to avoid. We did a series a couple of years ago, you can go back and listen, called Sandpaper People. And we talked about how frustrating people in our lives, people that kind of rub us the wrong way, oftentimes can help shape us, knock off the rough edges in our life. And God uses all kinds of people to make us into his image. That's the power of biblical community. But then we talked about wood chippers. And there's a difference between a sandpaper person who's kind of rubbing you the wrong way, but, but really it's smoothing out the rough edges in your life and it's helping you to be conforming to the image of Christ. And then we talked about wood chippers who just want nothing but to shred you. And I don't know if you've ever seen like in your, your you know, apartment complex or your neighborhood or whatever, when they come, they cut down trees and they've got that wood chipper and they just feed that piece of wood into it and it just, it just disintegrates, it's amazing. And you think, man, you gotta watch your fingers and your arms there, right? Because that thing will just chew you up and spit you out and never think anything about it. And there are people like that and you need to avoid them. Foolish people in your life, you need to correct them and you need to help them to seek the Lord and journey, uh, call them to journey with you and a group of wise people but don't follow them off the side of the mountain. Uh, Tell me who you're walking with through this journey of life and I'll tell you where you're going. Tell me who you're walking with and I'll tell you where you're going. That's the power of community and walking with the wise. And that's the first thing that Paul says. If you wanna make careful decisions and not careless decisions as we journey and walk through this, this thing called life that's full of different dangers, you need to walk with the wise. Here's the second one if you're taking notes. Make use of the time. Look at verse 16. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. What does that mean, in these evil days? 
It means that the days themselves are on loan from God. That we, we don't believe biblically, just theologically, that the world and the time is cyclical. Does history repeat itself? No, actually people make bad decisions over and over and over and over again. And that way, yes, decisions in history are repeated, but history is actually not repeating itself. History is linear. There's a beginning and there's an end. And so every day that we live is a day that's closer to being with Jesus. Every day that we live is a day that's closer to Jesus returning and making the world right. Think about that. And so when Paul is instructing his audience here, when we're listening to this, he says, every single day is on loan from God, so make the most of it. If you're taking notes, write the word redeem, because that's the actual word here. Redeem the days. So you take the day that you're given. This is the day, this day, guys. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're not promised tomorrow. This is the day. So we take today and we take it back to God and we give it to him to redeem it for his good purposes in and through our lives. That's what Paul is saying, to make the most of every single day. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 27.1, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Isn't that true? And we say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that tomorrow, but the truth is we're not promised tomorrow. So yes, we're wise and we plan for tomorrow. Everyone watch this. We plan for tomorrow, but we live today. We live in today. We can't live in the past. It's already happened. We can't live tomorrow. We have to live in the present in this moment to show up in our lives and make the most of the day that God has given to us to redeem that time. And one of the best ways we can do that is being careful about our yes and being careful with our no. One of the best things that I've read about this uh, is Lisa Turkhurst. She wrote a book called Your Best Yes. And I love this and thinking about how we make wise decisions and make our best yes, uh, say yes to the things we need to and no to the things that we need to. Um, and so if you're, the, the book is called The Best Yes, Making Wise Decisions in the Midst of Endless Demands. Anybody relate to that? Paul says, make the most of the time. The days are, days are evil. There's so many opportunities for us. Make the best yes. How do we do that? Lisa writes, when we struggle with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule, I love this, will struggle with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. When we struggle with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule, we'll struggle with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. I wonder how many of you today, don't even raise your hands, you have a sad soul. You feel empty today. We've all been in those moments in our journey, our walk in life where we just feel like, we're empty, we don't have anything to give. And we wonder why. And Paul says, part of the reason why, when we pull out our calendars and we look at all the things that we're saying yes to and all the ways that we're giving of ourselves and our energy and we have nothing left to give. And our souls are so overwhelmed. And we're conditioned in this world that the more things that we can do, the more we'll be celebrated. And maybe the principle or the application from our passage today is to learn how to say a holy no. Every time you say yes to something or someone, you're saying no to someone or something else. You only have a limited amount of time and energy. So how can we make the best use of every single moment of the day? It comes down to these two words, yes and no. Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. 
redeem the days, take every single day as a day on loan from God because it is, and give it to him, redeem it to him for his purposes and his glory in your life. And here's the deal, guys, very practically. For some of you leaving here today, the principle and the application of this passage is you need to say no to something. And you need to create, don't, and by the way, when you say that no, don't go fill it up with the, with the next yes. Give yourself space to sit and reflect. I wonder how many of you, just as your pastor, I wanna say this, I wonder how many of you spend 15 minutes a day of just sitting and reflecting, reading, praying, meditating on God's word, 15 minutes a day. Some of you more, that's wonderful. But I wonder how many of you would spend 15 minutes a day just reflecting, just being with the Lord, just seeking his wisdom and counsel in your life. God, am I saying yes to the right things? Am I saying no to the right things? Asking him for wisdom. The Bible says if we lack wisdom, how many of you are lacking wisdom? You don't need to raise your hand, right? The Bible says if we lack wisdom, we should ask for it. But the Bible also says if we ask for wisdom, James 1, 5, and 6, we should have faith to trust and believe what God says to us. It takes a lot of faith to say no to things. I'm preaching to someone right now. You think I'm gonna miss out on something. I'm gonna miss out on an accomplishment or a promotion or whatever. It takes a lot of faith to trust God with a holy no. But our no's build up to the right yes. Yes, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? And so many of us, our hearts are pulled by the Holy Spirit. The Lord works in our life. Our hearts burn inside of us about an opportunity to teach or to go on a mission trip or uh, to walk across the street and have a conversation with our neighbor or whatever it may be that God's asking and prompting you to do. And we want to do it. We want to say yes. But then we look at our schedule and we can't say yes because we have zero margin in our lives. This is a struggle for so many of us. And Paul says, listen, if you wanna live carefully and not carelessly, you've gotta make the best use of the time because the days are limited and they're short. Wouldn't you agree with me? And it seems like the older I get, the faster they go by. What is my best yes? When we struggle with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule, we'll struggle with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. Here's the third thing. How can we live carefully and not carelessly? Paul says here in Ephesians 5, we make thoughtful decisions. Look at verse 17 with me. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. How many of you struggle with, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? to do. Paul says, if we slow down, we make the best use of the time, we walk with the wise, then we begin to make thoughtful decisions and we seek what the Lord wants us to do. And you've, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I hope when, when, you know, if the Lord takes me home or whatever, that you'll remember this, that Chris used to say this, when we want to know what God is doing, we go back to what God has done. When we want to know what God is saying, what do we do? Anyone listened? Yeah. Uh, we go back to what God has said. When we want to know what God is saying, we go back to what God has said. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we listen to what he has said because his counsel is unchanged and we go back to what he's already written. And so many of us, we get in situations in our life, myself included, and we go, Lord, what, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you want me to do? And the answer is, I've already said it. I've already told you. There's so much of the counsel of God that God has already given to us. 
Moses wrote this in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. Revealed truth belongs to us and our children so we may follow them. And I love this little verse, Deuteronomy 29, 29, because so many of us, you know, when we wanna know what God's doing in our life, when we wanna know what God's will is, when we wanna make a thoughtful decision, um, we, we go after it, you know, like it's some sort of just deep, dark secret that God would never, you know, um, I know I wanna uh, do God's will and I know he wants me to live in his will, but he won't tell me. We operate as if God's keeping all these secrets from us. And Moses writes, there are secret things that are hidden deep within the heart of God. There are things that God has not revealed to us that one day in heaven we'll understand. But the things that he has revealed to us, he has made known through his word, the counsel of his word, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, through the community of the beloved, uh, Christians who are walking with us, wise people who are walking with us, through our stories and experiences where God speaks to us, through the general creation and revelation, God is on his tiptoes making his will known to us. And the principle here that Paul is saying is not that you need to go seek, uh, seeking some secret information that God uh, is withholding from you and just playing or, uh, around or messing with you somehow, but you would go back to what God has said and that you would seek the Lord in his revealed will and counsel through the scriptures, that you would, you would go back to what God has already said to us. I wrote this down in my notes. When we live thoughtfully, that word here is the key word, to make thoughtful decisions. When we make thoughtful decisions, when we live thoughtfully, we respond to the things that happen in our lives. We respond to things that happen, but when we live thoughtlessly, everyone listen to this, we react to them. And, and, and some of us in here are doing far too, uh, too, too much reaction to the things that are happening in our lives. We're constantly reacting to different things that are happening instead of responding to things that are happening around us. And the difference is our thoughtfulness about what God has said to us. Last thing on this, okay. We don't have, just generally, we don't have an information problem in our culture and our world. And moreover, we don't have an information problem, um, um, more times than not, we don't have an information problem in the church. We have an obedience issue. We have an obedience challenge. In other words, it's taking what we already know and putting it into practice. Did you know that the same word in the Hebrew, Shema, uh, to hear is also the word for to do? And it was just an understood thing in Hebrew culture that if you heard something, Shema, um, that you would do it, that you would live it out. And that's the way that that truth gets cemented in our hearts. But we live in such a knowledge-based, information-based culture that we're constantly seeking more and more and more and more information. And more times than not, it's not an information challenge, it's an obedience living it out in our lives challenge applying it into our marriages, into our relationships, into our workplace, and every opportunity that we have to make thoughtful decisions. Last thing, if you're taking notes here, the fourth thing that Paul says here about making careful decisions and not careless decisions in our life, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, is to be filled with the Spirit, verses 18 through 20. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? You said, well, uh, I thought back in Ephesians 1, we said that the Holy Spirit, the day I accept Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes into my life. Yes, that's absolutely true. 
And if you go back to chapter one, Paul begins to describe all the benefits of the working of the Holy Spirit in our life, that he seals us for the day of redemption. What does that mean? That God puts a stamp on our hearts, that on the day of redemption, he sees that we're sealed with his stamp, his mark in our life. And that's, that's the literal word in the Greek is the, a stamp like you would put on a letter. You're stamped with the Holy Spirit. You're identified and marked with the Spirit. The Spirit never leaves us, never forsakes us. Even when we're faithless, he is faithful. He can't deny himself. God has put his mark on us. He indwells us forever. We can't lose our salvation. And every time we yield ourselves to the will of God, every time we say yes to the counsel of God and what God has said to us, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God fills us up to the brim with himself. And every time we say no to what God has said or we make a thoughtless reactionary decision, we, we shrink the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It, the, the Holy Spirit, uh, the level of the Holy Spirit and his indwelling and empowering us goes down. If you think about it like a gas tank. The Holy Spirit is always with us, never leaves us, never forsakes us. This is not saying that the Holy Spirit departs from you. What it's saying is about your empowerment and living in the Spirit. And how does Paul draw this, this out? It's a pretty vivid, provocative uh, example here that he gives, a metaphor. He says, don't be drunk with what? Don't be drunk with wine. In other words, don't be filled up with wine. This is going to, what's the word that he uses here? It's gonna ruin your life. Being filled with wine or really the metaphor is the things of this world. If you're filled with the things of this world, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says, whether it's wine or whatever your vice or proclivity is, uh, being filled with those things in this world is gonna shrink the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's gonna lessen the work of the Holy Spirit and the impact of the Spirit in your life. But he says, instead of being filled with all these things, all this garbage in the world, be filled with the Spirit. And here's the marks of the Spirit. I love this. Look at verses 19 and 20 as we finish right here. He says, here's the marks of the working and the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. He says, there's gonna be singing, he said, why do we sing at church? Why do, why do we sing when we gather together? Because singing is a mark of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's an expression of what God is doing in our hearts. There's power in the community coming together, the people of God, and singing together. And that's always been the case. And then he uses another word here. He says, making music in your hearts. What does that mean? It means being creative, it means making new things, a new song. And it might be musically or it might be in some other form or fashion in your life that God's gift to you. God's given you the ability to create. We're made in the image of God. We're the crown of God's creation. What, among so many other attributes of God, what is the one thing in the beginning of the Bible that we know God for? As creator. In the beginning, God created and now, with the filling of the Holy Spirit, we're walking in the steps of God and creating and making new things. It's a part of the mark of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we make new things. And then he says we give thanks. And you've heard me say this before. Uh, giving, when we give, when our hands are open this way, when we leave today, we'll, we'll have a benediction, a blessing, and we'll open our hands if we're able to give to God what we have, but to receive the gifts from God as we go. Giving is a mark of the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say one other thing about this, okay? If thanksgiving and gratitude are the marks of the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay, I'm gonna step on some toes here and I know it. Okay, I'm gonna step on my own toes here, okay? 
complaining is a mark of spiritual immaturity. Okay? It doesn't mean that we can't critique things. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't make things better. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't point out things that aren't right or operating you know, w- lesser than excellence or whatever it is. It, it, that, complaining is different than critiquing. Missional critique is a great thing. How can we be more effective? How can we be more like Jesus? How can we understand and be corrected in the path of righteousness that God lays it out? Complaining is different. Complaining is tearing someone or something down. And complaining is a mark of spiritual immaturity. And all of us forget that complaining is a sin. It's listed that way in the scriptures. It doesn't mark the filling of the Holy Spirit. Thanksgiving and gratitude do. Complaining, you've heard me say before, is like having spiritual bad breath. And you're walking around and everybody knows it. And they're backing away from you because they're tired of smelling it. But you don't know it. You're the last one to know. But conversely, thanksgiving and gratitude somehow opens up our lives and our souls to experience more of the filling of the Holy Spirit. It creates a, a pathway in our brain. And this is true. Some of you have studied this. There's neuropathways in your brain that the, the thoughts that you think create these little paths that are traveled. And so every time you complain, you're creating a pathway for the next complaint. It's easy. The more you complain, I don't know if you've noticed this, the more you complain, the easier it is to complain. And there's science behind that because you're creating a pathway in your brain that every time you walk, you're, you're pushing down the grass, if you will. So the next time you come and you're tempted to complain, it's easier to complain that time. It's a, it's a neuro pathway that's created in your brain to do that. And the same is true for gratitude and thanksgiving. The more you speak words of life and everything that Paul's talking about here, that you're singing, that you're making new things, that you're giving thanks to the Lord, it's creating a pathway for you to do that when you come to those intersections. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and watch the markers of the filling of the Holy Spirit come into your life. Living well in today's world is not a walk on the greenway. It's just not. It's a hike up the mountain. And Paul gives careful instructions here about what that looks like to, to walk with the wise, to, to make the best use of time, to, to make thoughtful decisions, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not the garbage of this life. Bottom line today, the bottom line truth for Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. Live carefully. Live carefully, not carelessly. Live carefully and not carelessly. To Christ be the glory.